Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Why You Know Doctor podcast. Today, I'm excited to feature Maggie Lee. Maggie is a playwright based in Seattle and has had her work produced in numerous theaters around the world. She's won numerous awards for her full-length plays, and most recently, Sheathed was the 2019 Gregory Award winner for Outstanding New Play and also the semifinalist for the 2018 Bay Area Playwrights Festival. I really enjoyed interviewing Maggie because I feel like she gives a really real perspective on what it's like to be able to carve out a life that allows her both to pursue her career as a playwright at the highest levels while also working a day job to pay the bills. I found the conversation with Maggie was especially informative for someone interested in having a career in the creative arts, especially as a writer. So I hope you enjoy the chat as much as I did. And without further ado, here's Maggie. Thanks for you know taking the time and uh, coming onto the podcast. I've never had um, a playwright. Uh, at least for theater, I've had a friend of mine who, who does, uh, you know, film screenplays um, come on before, but, uh, you know, not so, not someone that's very active in the theater scene. So um, I was pretty excited to, you know, see your name pop up. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. I, <laughs> I hope uh, you'll have more playwrights. That would be great. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it'd be really nice. Yeah. I mean, I... Uh, to tell you the truth, and I, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, it's like theater is one of my, uh, I, I love theater. And once you get to know what good theater is and you get to appreciate what really good like um, writing is and how important that is and driving like even the acting, it's like, it's hard to be a good actor if the writing is not that good, you know? <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I really yeah, appreciate it. It's all our it fault, really. <laughs> That's what I like to say about playwrights. It's like... <laughs> It's all your fault. You're the one who started it, right? <laughs> like yeah. whatever happens after that is sort of out of your control, but like you got to set a good pace. Yeah. I remember there has always been like some, uh, <clears throat> between like the actors and the playwrights. I remember, uh, I believe David Mamet, he was the one who's like said something. He was like, yeah, like the actors, it's like, it's all about the writer. It's like the actors, they just like kind of say the stuff and like everything comes from the, you know, and then of course the actors are like, well, you know, like it's more than just being like a person that says stuff. You actually, yeah. uh, you know, there's more to acting than that. So, but I uh, kind of, there, there's definitely a balance. It's like hard to, it's hard to do. Oh, it's I think hard we to just get on. the yeah. we get the blame, and then you guys get the glory. <laughs> yeah. If it's good, then they're like, "Oh, the acting's great." If it's terrible, yeah. oh, the script is terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, we talk about that a little bit. Um, but anyways, just just uh, for some of the people tuning in, um, so how how would you like how would you describe or like kind of like uh, yeah, I guess how would you describe yourself? I mean, you do a you know I know like you you you've been very active um, as a playwright. Um, but also I think you do other things too, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I live in Seattle and I am a playwright here and um, I've been writing plays uh, probably for about uh, 10 years. Hmm. And um, or, I'm like, what year is it? <laughs> I don't even know, uh, 2030. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, uh, and I also been an actor and a producer and mm -hmm. actually my background is in lighting design. So I'm like, I got all kinds of like theater um, experience coming from backstage and mm. front of house and also on stage. And so I think that's something that has really helped me in my um, writing is that I'm not just coming at it from one perspective of, of like as the writer, like I'm coming mm -hmm. at it from 
theater is this like whole experience with all these people who are involved and they're all like um got their part to play and mm-hmm. um and like how to how to make uh how to write a play that's gonna like utilize all that you know yeah way, did, hopefully <laughs> did you um so you said like you, you your background is in lighting design mm-hmm. originally yeah. so is that from like uh is that what you studied in like school or something or no yeah. you just like or yeah yeah i well so i i was an actor in high school oh okay to college i went to berkeley and um i auditioned for some things and i was a failed actor <laughs> in berkeley and so i was like gonna take this like shakespeare performance class and then i didn't get mm-hmm. in and so i was like oh, i want to do something and so um i'd always kind of done a little bit of lighting in high school so I thought, oh, I'll take a lighting design class in, you know, in college. And that turned out to be like my like base people <laughs> in yeah. college. You know how you like you find your group. Yeah, absolutely. It was the lighting design group. And um, what was great about that was that we the lighting designers worked for all different kinds of shows on yeah. campus. And so we did dance and we did um, theater, we did comedy, you know, like all kinds of stuff in different venues. So there was like the huge Zellerbach and then there was like the tiny little basement room seven <laughs> kind of black box thing. And so it was just like such a good way to like get a variety of like experiences and work with mm-hmm. so many different people on um, on a very specific task. Uh, and, yeah. what, what made you get into uh, theater just in like high school? Was it something always that you um had been interested in or was it just something that you started to do out of a whim i mean yeah uh, yeah i always i think i've always been interested in uh performing we used to like when the cousins would come over like on thanksgiving and stuff like we would we would like put on little plays for oh, like, nice. the, the parents you know we like oh let's do little red riding hood or you know like some kind of just small play and um, I think that's probably where it started and like um, and my sister I have an older sister who's four years older and she was always very into like imaginative games where it's like let's pretend we're this and they're like okay that's cool mm-hmm. and so I think that was definitely the base of like my love of theater and then um, when I got to high school that um, not only did I love theater as a medium but like that was my people in high school, I guess so you would say. Yeah. yeah, it's like the theater community. And like, we were all really, we we're the weirdos. And we were like, people thought we were like goth and strange. We were not goth. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know. But like, um, yeah, it's like, oh, there's the theater people hanging out. Yeah. Theater. No, I know yeah. about that. I, I hung yeah. out with many of, many like of the theater outsider kids. Yeah. Thing. Outsider insider. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So did did your parents uh, do any sorts of like this type of um, artistic stuff, um, or were they did they not come from any, you know, no, background? They're not. They're not artistic. Um, uh, they they are supportive, but they are not. Um, they're they're standoff supportive. I don't know how to describe. Like um, yeah, like so. My dad's an engineer, and my mom's a pharmacist, and very okay. practical. But, yeah, very practical. <laughs> but my dad, he's always like been telling me like, I guess when he was growing up in Korea, he was mm-hmm. like in charge of the library 
uh, at his high school. And so he read all these like books and he like loved James Joyce and like hmm. uh, philosophy. And like, he had like, I think he, he, he sometimes he was like, oh, I want to write a book. And like, so I think he has these like artistic. Yeah. He appreciates literature. Dreams and, yeah. in him, which I'm, I'm like, dad, go follow them. You know, <laughs> but like, he also has to be the eldest Korean son and like, you know, yeah. Uh, provide for people and, you know, be practical and that kind of thing. So um, I am lucky in that I am the youngest kid, <laughs> just me and my sister. And um, so I felt like that gave me a little bit more leeway to like pursue my dreams a little more, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So so you studied, uh, uh, after when you went to college, you went to Berkeley and you studied, mm -hmm. um, so is that actual major like, like, like lighting design or is that, that's like a- no. It was or it's a, like a theater so, major or something. Yeah, so I went to Berkeley for undergrad, and um, uh, so I I was thinking about what to talk about because like, mm -hmm. um, because I think what we're talking about parents, like the expectation in my family was that you you go to college. There's no question about that. You go to college, yeah. Yeah. and then you get something yeah. that is sen a sensible degree. And you get a job that has a desk and health insurance. Health insurance is very important. Yeah. And then you buy a house and that's your trajectory. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to do fun things on the side, you do fun things on the side. You know, like if you want to have art on the side, then that's what you do. And so like when I went to college, I was like, okay, well, I'll get an English degree because, you know, I like writing and, you know, then I could be, you know, a business writer <laughs> i don't know something and then um and then i did the lighting design as a minor mm. but um but yeah i mean like my life in college like if i was going to be like what do i remember from college it's like doing shows you know and like um and uh, learning out how to um i don't know like you learn a lot of life skills like in theater and especially if you're doing backstage stuff like design stuff like I feel like that was like the most practical thing I learned in college as far as like working in the world is like, yeah. you know, come prepared, like yeah. have a plan, make a design, keep your paperwork tidy. Don't be jerks. You know, <laughs> like that kind of thing is like, that yeah, is like the for most sure. practical world. <clears throat> I think it's because like, it's, yeah, it's like real work experience, you know, yeah. um, when you're producing, you know, a show, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of organization people. I mean, I think yeah. people don't, aren't even aware how much prep goes into a lot of that stuff, but also, yeah. I mean, maybe this is even like a side tangent, but like, even when you mentioned like, just like theater and that whole scene that you learn a lot of life skills, I think, uh, and maybe you're familiar with this as well, but I know like, like not to underestimate, like a huge majority of like the life skills that I have of like understanding people and understanding human psychology and all those things it all came from just doing acting doing theater yeah. doing improv reading scripts because you just like zero in on understanding like human behavior and um and I think it just allows you to become really self-aware at least for me it personally made me so self-aware of like what are like <laughs> what kind of person am I? And like, kind of what are my motives and objectives? I started thinking yeah. like that. Like, and like, what are the other guy thinking? You know, like, yeah. I feel what like do they want? Yeah. yeah. And it, cause theater is people. Like you can't make theater without other people. 
like I guess you could yeah. you could stand on the corner and like do it by yourself but like it's about collaboration and like it's about working together and like you all have this like shared vision of like what you want to make and mm -hmm. that's not something that you learn like I don't know, even working you know like usually you have your little like this is my task that I do and you know I'm a widget yeah. in this giant machine but it's like there's something that's going to come out of this you know yeah so yeah, yeah for I, sure I highly recommend it for people that get you know life skills theater teaches great life skills yeah and I was even I was telling you that like when I was younger I was very shy you know and like that's why I started to do theater actually because I was like well, first of all, I was like, I just felt like the theater kids were like accepting more if you're like kind of weird, you know, yeah. it's like you're shy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then so it's like, that was nice because it kind of felt like you weren't judged, you know, whatever. Um, but also it just helped me personally just like open up a lot and like um, improv, improv is nice because it just teaches you to like not be in your head so much, you know? And I think when you're shy, at least for me, like, you know, oftentimes you're like thinking a lot and like in your head, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so after uh, just, just back on the college stuff. So like after um, you graduated, I mean, like, did you just start to produce, I mean, like, so yeah. you know, your parents' trajectory was like probably get a job of something yeah. X, Y, and Z, right? But is that, what did you do? And how do you so, manage yeah. that? Um, so I live, I was living in the Bay Area in the, in the like early aughts. <laughs> or actually, yeah, it was like 2000. And so um, that was when the dot-com mm, things were happening. Yeah. And they were like, everybody's going to be a millionaire if you work for <laughs> dot-com, right? And so I got a job as like, as like a, operations analyst which okay. i don't even i still don't know what that means but like basically analyst i was like the operations customers, you know, yeah. our operations was like we had this little office and there were like picnic tables and like you know like they didn't yeah. even have desks and and then every week we would have a meeting like you're all gonna be millionaires and so um <laughs> so i did that for like a year and then i got laid off when um the website went under and then i was like i don't know i I'm doing because I am not into computers and I'm not and I was mm -hmm. living at home because like um because like Bay Area was so expensive and it still is very yeah. expensive to live in. It was more expensive than now? Uh no, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I was gonna so say I was like, how can it be more expensive? It's like literally <laughs> I remember like trying absurd. to find a like a apartment with like two of my um girlfriends and like yeah. nobody wanted to rent to three girls <laughs> because they were like, You're gonna have a fight and like one of you's gonna oh, yeah. leave. Anyway, so um, my friend was living up in Seattle and she was like, hey, come visit me. It's great up here. And um, so I, I went up to visit her and I just loved the city. And I and I had never lived in a city before, I think, um, was part of the like glamour of it. And it's not like a, not like New York where it's like, oh, city. It's yeah. like city. <laughs> um, and uh, so I was like, well, you know, I'm going to move here for six months and see how mm -hmm. what happens and it was so affordable to live in seattle which mm -hmm. it is not now for sure <laughs> but at the time like 500 bucks a month for a nice studio yeah it gets Hill. a long way yeah yeah so i was like i'm gonna just do that and see how i feel about it and um so i moved here in 2001 and were you stressed or did you have a lot of pressure i mean like in retrospect maybe it's hard to remember but like you're kind of moving there without really yeah like a, a great plan no <laughs> Yeah, I know. I had no plan. And um, I think the plan was, I had heard 
somewhere, I think my teacher, someone, one of my teachers had said that the good theater towns in the United States are Chicago, New York, and Seattle. And I was like, well, I can go to Seattle and see how it is. Okay, so you thought maybe like that, that yeah. you know, you could find some work, work yeah. in that scene. But, you know, still with the idea that like, I'm going to have a desk job. <laughs> but yeah. I could also do this other thing, you know, mm-hmm. for fun, for funsies. How um, do you like, um, how do you manage? So like today, I mean, obviously you've, you've had a lot of successes now. And I'm sure in the, you mentioned in the last 10 or more years, like, you know, I think like a lot has been happening for you, but, um, still today, how do you spend like your day to day? Like how much, how do you divide time between like writing or, and, you know, working in the theater scene versus like just other work to pay the bills or something? Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the first thing I think I talked to you about when you, when we were talking mm-hmm. about doing yeah. this interview was I was like, you know, I don't make a living at being a playwright because I, you, it's really hard. And if you do, you're usually a teacher, like you teach yeah. playwriting, um, which I am not a teacher. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so um, which is too bad because that's the, that's the avenue you go. But anyways, yeah. Um, yeah, so I make a living as a freelance uh, editor and typesetter. That's what I well, do. What is that? Type, typesetter? A typesetter, which sounds that? really exciting. Like, oh, you get the printing press and you do it. It's not that. It's like InDesign, basically. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, and it's like making books look nice in InDesign. Oh. Uh, but it was like in the old days, it was like the, you know, the little pieces. That yeah. You, you put the type out and... That makes sense. Um, but uh, yeah, I've only ever done, uh, so now everything's on computer. So I just do computer. Uh, but yeah, I, I, was, I was lucky in that. Um, it's a job that really suits me. Of mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, I'm a writer, so I'm like sort of conscious of grammar and, and, and making things look nice. And I also have sort of a tidy streak. And so like making things tidy. And so like, it's a, it's a job that like works really well for my temperament. Um, but it's not for everybody because it's a little boring, you know, like, yeah, you're kind of like fixing periods and commas and, you know, yeah, <clears throat> all the stuff. That, but like, you know, yeah. I think that's really cool, you know, because I think it's, I think to me, hearing that, like, how, you know, the fact that you can do something that you're really passionate about and also even your other job, it suits you well, right? It's like you kind of yeah. have both. And to me, there's not that much more to ask for in life. Yeah. I feel like, I feel <laughs> yeah, like that's right. a great, I, I, you know, I feel like it's a great combination because for a lot of people, they kind of get a, there's many jobs that you can make a ton of money, but yeah. then it's like, a lot of times it's like my brother, who's a lawyer and like every day he's complaining, he's like literally endless work. I'm just like, dude, like, is that yeah. really the life that you're like 40 now? It's like, is that really the life that, well, how do you do something? It's like, even my dad, it's like, it's just constantly yeah. work. And it's like, I'm like, there's more to that, more to life too. So I feel like it's really cool that, you know, sure you have a, a side job that pays the bills and is like has stability and that type of stuff, but also allows you to be able to focus on, you know, some of the other passion projects that you have that, that is not just a passion project now, in my opinion, it's like, actually like, you know, you've been <laughs> obviously like, uh, doing really well. Oh, so that's thank really you. cool. <laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know about stability because I was like, mm-hmm. of all the things 
of the th the two things that I do, it's like books and theater. And it's like, are these the two things that are like, they're always dying, right? Like books are dying, yeah. like theater is dying. And it's like, um, it's, it's working out for now. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I guess I like things that are always dying. I don't know. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> no, I understand. I have, it's like romantic or something. I don't yeah. know. Um, but like, yeah. So how do you split the time? Because I find personally my difficulty is, you know, like I have certain things where I'm like, okay, I want to learn how to do this. Mm -hmm. But then for me, like I always somehow just over-prioritize the like thing that pays more. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, you know, I kind of feel bad at the end of the day. Every day I'm like, oh, should I should have like yeah. just not looked at my slack yeah. and got drawn into something you know and you gotta you gotta get paid i mean that's number yeah. one you know like you gotta support yourself so i i totally am like job job is like number one most you yeah. know most of the time i mean I, i'm lucky because i'm a freelancer so if i don't want to take a job i can be like i'm too busy and i gotta do this yeah. other thing do you do you make um, that decision quite often to like because something yeah, i don't have that yeah. much work <laughs> yeah because it's hard as a freelancer too it's because like, like when you get work you're like oh yeah like yeah, of you course know. you're going to say yes, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is why I end up like working in the middle of the night a lot of times because I'm just like, ah, I'm just going to do it when I have, you know, I'm just going to cram it in and like mm -hmm. finish it up. Um, but I'll, when I, so going back to when I first moved to Seattle, I did get a desk mm -hmm. job. I, I worked in the office for um, quite a while and I started doing um, sketch comedy, mm. which was a, it was a weird like, it was a weird trajectory of like uh, somebody in my office needed a stage manager because they also did theater on the side. And I'm like, I do theater. So I start, I did a stage managing gig for um, a play reading festival. And then somebody at the play reading festival was like, I have a sketch comedy group. Do you want to come work in my sketch comedy group and be a lighting designer? I said, great, I'm going to do that. And so um, I joined up with Porkfield Players, which is a um, Asian American sketch comedy group here in Seattle. And I think the oh, that's really cool. I didn't even know like there was such thing as Asian American sketch comedy. Yeah. Group. Well, and in LA, there's a bunch, but in Seattle, we had the one. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I ended up um, working with them as a lighting designer. And then they were like, hey, you are act too. Do you want to be an actor? Yeah. Hey, you also write. Do you want to write sketches? Sure. Um, hey, do you want to produce? Sure. <laughs> so it was a very like, uh it's like organic yeah and you, you seem like, like you're pretty open to just like going with it it's like were you i mean because some of those things you didn't necessarily have like the exact skill set yeah right but you were just like i'll just yeah. figure it out or something yeah <laughs> well and like with with the sketch group it was actually good that because we were kind of like we didn't have a huge following <laughs> i mean yeah I mean, we had our shows where we, there were like four people and then we had shows and they were like, you know. Yeah, TV. that's how it but goes. Like, yeah. Um, but I think- Yeah, the four people are like, you're like friends and family. I know. Uh, I, yeah, I, I did. I've done like sketch comedy before and stuff. It's that thing where it's like, uh, if we outnumber the audience, should we still do the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And I was like, eh, let's just do it, right? So, um, so starting with the sketch comedy group, it was a great way for me to- feel like I could try things and if they failed it was like oh well that was yeah. three minutes of my life that yeah. were uncomfortable but you know cool now I know that doesn't work you know mm -hmm. and as a writer specifically 
it was great because a lot of the time when you're writing plays, especially, um, you get stuck in this like uh, development where it's like things are always being developed, but they never get on stage. So you don't really get that feeling of like, what's the audience reaction? What's, how is this coming off? Like, how, how do you tweak things? And having it be at the sketch group where we were constantly sort of producing uh, shows, but on low budget and like fast, yeah. like you could write a sketch and like do it like a month later. It was like such a good training for um, as a writer to like understand like uh, how theater works and how audiences work and like also like how to brush it off, right? Like, and also mm -hmm. how to celebrate, you know, like it was just like a really great crash course of, of uh, learning to write for. Yeah, I always hear that um, <clears throat> for yeah. writers, it's it's really valuable to do like sketch improv or that type mm -hmm. of stuff, just because it's, um, you know, because the converse, I, I, don't, I don't know, I think probably a lot of things that you're talking about, but, um, and also hearing the audience figuring out kind of what, mm -hmm. what kind of hits and what doesn't hit. Um, I remember like, well, I feel like that's one of the hard things about film is that like you, if you do something right and you you get it perfectly, it's like everyone's <laughs> just quiet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, yeah, I know. You're like, good. <laughs> yeah, like was that even funny? Like I don't know if I like delivered that correctly or is that you know? Um, but even, especially too, if you wrote and you were performing your own mm -hmm. stuff, man, there's nothing like that feeling of crickets and you're just like, oh no, right? Like, <laughs> well, yeah. I messed that up, right? And then you, yeah. you have to. Just like okay cool keep going yeah. right you know like, or i'm gonna do it better next time you know you know i think like some of the most proud moments i've had in my life because you know acting is so hard i was working as an actor in la and like yeah it's like so like emotionally draining and you're like oh, i want to like get better and stuff and like yeah. but uh i just remember like i put in so much you know I often i did a lot of like scene study i put in so much effort into it and like it's really probably some of the most rewarding moments of my life was like when you're doing a scene and uh the audience is like dead quiet except yes. like some people are like sniffling and they're yes. just so like engaged i'm like oh my god i'm like i'm like in the zone right now you know like yeah. this is <laughs> and then you look yeah. at the audience like i, I don't try I try not to because you know it's dim so obviously it's distracting but like when you see that you can really move people it's like a really special experience yeah. no and it's like you get the energy that's like it's oh, amazing yeah yeah. the quiet energy but it's like strong and you can just like yeah. feel this like tension it's so good it's amazing yeah um but okay yeah so i mean so so yeah but i, I want to know how, so how do you like just yeah. balance the two are you yeah. really good at like compartmentalizing or something <laughs> or like because I, I, <laughs> well, I have a really hard time to like separate yeah so Sorry, sorry, you're going back. So going back to the comedy. So I was working a desk job and then I was doing the theater at night, basically, and weekends. And mm. um, that was fine because I was young. I'm going to just say that because like, yeah. we were doing shows at like 11 o'clock you know, <laughs> at night and like, that was fine. Yeah, that's right. How old were you back then? Uh, you know, 20 something. 20s. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, Looking back on it, I was I was talking to my friend who we'd done shows together like since that like way back then. I was like, "Can you believe that we used to do shows at eleven o'clock and then we would go out to a bar afterwards? Like that yeah. is so <laughs> crazy to me." And that people would show up for shows at eleven o'clock. Like I don't even want to go to a show at eleven o'clock, <laughs> let alone be in a show. 
but um yeah and so I did that for a long time and then when I went freelance um it was not actually by choice it was there was it was like 2009 and um mm -hmm. there was like the financial yeah then and a lot of people got laid off and so I got laid off but then I started working freelance for um at the same business and at the time I was so freaked out about it I'll tell you because I was like I'm not gonna have a desk I'm not gonna have my office like how do you work it's not work and like my parents were like are you working and I'm like yeah I'm working you know like they don't understand like if you don't go to office you're not working you're just at yeah. home and I'm like I'm working I'm making money but it's it's weird because it's not steady. It's not like I get something every week. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, it's definitely like project to project. And um, and so I was freaked out about that. And I was like, oh, I'll just try it for a while. This is my thing, I think. I said, I'll just yeah. try it for a while and see how it goes. So I've been doing that for, um, yeah, since like 2000. Yeah, for about Probably yeah, like 10 years, more than 10 years. 10 years. years. Yeah. And, um, and it's been great for my playwriting because now I have more flexibility about like, okay, I'm going to like this weekend, for example, like I got to write, I have a deadline on Sunday for a play reading that I'm doing. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well, I'm going to like, you know, map out these three days to like really work intensely, but I also have this like work project. And so I'm going to finish that today after I talk to you and, um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing and so yes like the stability of like desk is um is crap is like there's something like comforting about it but there's also like i feel pretty good about like i know i can map out my life the way i want it it's really out. nice yeah do and you it's, um... it's not steady but it's like it's not enough it's working, right? you know, like, yeah, yeah, it works. Yeah. That's all you can ask for. So, um, when you are writing, I imagine, so when you're writing, like, I imagine you don't want to get, if you're in the zone, like, it's like, you, you just try to like not get distracted. Right. Like you don't have, do you like, are you pretty good at not thinking about work or do you just like switch off any notifications or you just don't check or you, or you have a schedule where you're like, I'm not going to think about work or yeah. like checking email or slacker well, yeah for when i'm writing i um i okay uh so if i'm writing number one thing i need is the deadline because if i don't have a deadline i'm not going to do it and so yeah. i have to have a deadline where other people are going to be there like i can't just make a deadline for myself like i have to have a deadline where other people are going to be there and if i don't have something they're going to be like where's the thing um <laughs> <laughs> like I have to be accountable to other people. Yeah. So once I have the deadline, I'm like, I have this like fear <laughs> like pushes me. It's like a sort of a panic, not a panic, but yeah, actually panic. Like this yeah. like you gotta do it. Like it's happening. People are gonna be there. They're gonna expect to see something. Yeah. You have to do it. So I end up like writing in like bursts. I guess. So I'm not like the kind of person, like I know there are people who write and they're like, oh, I wake up every morning before at five and I write. Yeah, I hear that, but I'm just like, that's so hard to, it's like, I mean, maybe not, for some people that really have the habit. Yeah. I'm not a like regular, like I have a writing time. I have like, I have panic time. <laughs> that's when I yeah. write. 
but it totally works for me for some reason. And then also, I no, write... it's really refreshing to hear that. Honestly, I, I, I think that's really like because <laughs> I, I feel like inspiring. Well, no, but I just feel like I feel like so many. I just feel like that's just real because so many people have this idealized thing. They're like, yeah, like if you want to be a good writer, you have to be so passionate about it that every day yeah. at five in the morning you wake up, you're like ready to write, <laughs> <laughs> and you have no writer's block. It's, I mean, it's like it's like you just like do it <laughs> but no, i feel like a lot I, of times so like you put the deadline and it's like yeah. then yeah okay i'm gonna get it done yeah i'm gonna get it done and um yeah i lost what i was gonna say um yeah oh also as a i i am a i'm a right in the middle of the night kind of person so like from like one to like five is like my best writing time hmm. like that's when my brain is working i don't know and also nothing else is happening right like yeah no one's on social media no one's you know yeah, that's no huge. one's talking to me about work and you know my husband's asleep and like <laughs> it's great you know like this is the time when it's i'm totally undistracted yeah. yeah so i think Sounds that's so also nice. why i like it yeah but and then as a freelancer who um is project-based and not like you know our like i not like working hour based it's like then it works for me also because if i need to work um i can just work like as long as i get it, a project done by the time that it's supposed to be done like it can happen whenever and so like it's been really good for my working schedule and my creative schedule just to be like i know when i'm going to be productive and so i'm going to like arrange my day and it's weird though like mm-hmm. it's weird for like a normal lifestyle but like i guess it's working for me yeah we're um you know, where do you see yourself or, or what are some of the main goals that you have? Or are you like a goal setting person where like, kind of like mm-hmm. you're trying to maybe just do, I, I don't know, like over the next few years, do you see like a path or do you like, are you pretty happy with kind of where you're at right now? Sure. Yeah. Um, In terms of growth or whatever you want to call it, I guess. Yeah. Like, and um. So I was trying to think of like what it means to be successful and like yeah. what I consider success for myself. And like, like the bottom line for me is that like, I love theater and I love making plays and I love not just writing plays, but like being a part of it. Um, like beyond that and I've been lucky as a playwright that like I'm um I'm with some organizations that like welcome the playwright into the room and like I have input on casting and like I can mm-hmm. I can come in and like watch rehearsals and like I think that's what's great about like being local and doing local theater that um yeah you know what I mean versus like I'm gonna send this play off and someone's gonna do it and I'm not even gonna see it it's you know but I'll get paid yeah I mean, that's cool too. I don't mind getting paid, but just like, I love being in the room and I love like being able to tweak things and like uh, be a part of the process. So in my mind, like success is having fun with it. (laughs) Like, like enjoying what I'm doing while I'm doing it. And like, if I want to make plays and I'm making plays with my friends and we're making good work, that we're proud of. Mm-hmm. I feel like that is pretty successful. Now on a, I mean, obviously I would love to be like 
get a little more traction like nationally and yeah. like also you know nowadays like netflix and amazon man they're scooping up playwrights for mm-hmm. streaming shows and yeah there's so much content it. you know there's like so much content demand it's like everyone just like watches netflix every day now <laughs> you know on yeah. like amazon prime and everything and i've heard that like they scope out like the mfa programs for playwrights oh, yeah? to come and like work in the writer's room yeah i believe it and i'm like i would love that sweet netflix money you know like who would yeah you know i think like what's the base of what like if you want to be a playwright what is the success like what is the entrance of success for me and that's making plays and not just writing plays but like actually having them like i could write plays all day long but like if they don't get produced what good is that right like, yeah and that's kind of a nice to- thing where you're, you're seeing yeah. your work actually come to realize you know realizing the work and seeing it actually because mm-hmm. um, yeah. it really feels like you've created you know because like if you write something yeah i've written like i've spent so much time writing some uh screenplays and stuff and but like you never oh, get yeah. a pretty yeah I'm, I'm really proud of the projects yeah because extre- yeah. you know it actually you know when you're alone just writing for hours and hours and hours and it just brings you th- think about memories and like things to draw mm-hmm. from it's actually really like therapeutic yeah. but like um but you know it's like it's really cool to actually see that actually come alive yeah you know and i think that's something that's, that i really envy and i think is really cool about like what you're doing oh thank you <laughs> yeah no it must be really fun i mean because it's like you feel like it's not like when you write a screenplay you know it's nice to feel like a creator it's people i think people a lot of times it gives meaning right and like you're creating stuff from nothing it's like stories and whatever characters but it's also really cool to actually be on the play to see that translate into like you know that's like <laughs> pretty awesome oh yeah i mean and the thing is too is like i mean i work in like the fringe theater like mm-hmm. I'm on fringe theater level, like upper fringe. I don't know, mm-hmm. I mean, but I'm not like like Seattle Rep is yeah. the big theater in town, and Act Theater is the big theaters in town, and like I haven't I haven't made it quite up there yet. So there's another like, step still, you think? There's yeah. still other steps, yeah. like even yeah. locally, and then you get yeah. like nationally, and so mm-hmm. like I'm working towards it. But you know, it, if it doesn't happen, and I just keep making plays that I'm proud of with people who I like hanging out with, then I mm-hmm. feel like that's successful in my book. How, how do you move up in the in the ranks or whatever is it just like continue yeah. to produce work people see it like what i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> if someone could tell me that would be great um i mean most people they go to mfa program and then they like meet the right people and then like mm-hmm. you know you get the buzz and then you you know you sort of make connections that way um, I thought about going to MFA and I was like, man, I'm too old. Like, I gotta, like I'm not, I, I don't know. I mean, you should go if that's your, if that's your path, then you should go. But I was like, I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know how much it would help me also because of the uh, type of plays that I write. Um, I feel like MFA is very like, uh, they want to teach you to write a certain way or like Mm -hmm. you have to be like very um sometimes on message i don't know Mm -hmm. if that makes Mm -hmm. sense and so and i write very like sort of populist Mm -hmm. (laughs) plays um a lot of genre work so i do a lot of sci-fi fantasy horror kind of thing and so like that's not really something that an mfa 
I'm not mm -hmm. sure if they would be like into that. Um, also, you're already producing a lot of stuff. You already are getting stuff made. You know, it's like. Yeah, like, I mean, I'm sort of like coming at it from the back end versus right. the, like. Which was good too, you know. I don't think. I mean, I think a lot of people that. <clears throat> I mean, I just don't think it's absolutely necessary. I think certainly there's a path, and that is a path. But I think it's yeah. like if already you have these opportunities and you're doing what you're doing, it's probably not as big of a deal, you know. Well, but also though, like if your if your goal is to be national, then like you have to. I think there is a certain path that you probably makes things easier. I mean, it's that thing. I think too, it's probably just like, about network and connections. A lot of it's like, sure, yeah. yeah, but, but yeah, maybe because of network and stuff, it helps, but I don't know. It's like, you got to meet the guy who knows the guy who's going to be like, yeah. Hey, I know this, I just saw this great thing. And like, yeah, yeah that's the dream, right? <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like, who is this guy? The magical guy who saw, yeah, knows I don't it. know. <laughs> yeah. But um, until then, I'm like, I'm just going to keep, you know, making stuff that i that i like yeah it's cool i think that's the right way to do it i mean like um so far what what are uh, some like the most rewarding aspects of being a playwright because i'm sure you know a lot of work goes into it and a lot of stuff that i'm sure like people don't know about um mm -hmm. where you, know, you could talk about but it's just like i mean i think at this point it's like yeah like, i'm sure a lot of stuff goes into it but uh what's the most rewarding things for you or maybe what are some of the most rewarding moments that you've had that you've had um i think i think just going back to what i think going back to what you were talking about it was like being at a show and like feeling that like connection that the audience is having to the story and like knowing that you made that mm -hmm. <laughs> like like and that you made that with other people i don't know it's i i was trying to think of like um why why be a playwright right yeah. like what like you could be a different writer you could be a novelist or you could be a screenwriter or you know and i think for me being a playwright is because i love plays and i love that um I love that like going to the theater is that is it's this weird thing that doesn't happen anywhere else is that you get this room of strangers together right and you all like decide collectively that you're going to believe whatever happens <laughs> on stage and so yeah. if someone comes out on stage and they're like I'm a king and this box is a time machine and like you know like and I just stabbed that guy and he's dead and these things are obviously not true right but we're all gonna believe it. And we've all like sort of like collectively agreed mm -hmm. that we're gonna make believe just for this time period in this room. Yeah. yeah. And there's something so like crazy about that. That's great. Yeah, it's so, super cool. So that's why I think that's what's rewarding to me about being a playwright is like kind of like you just like people who don't, people don't agree on anything, right? But like you get them in this room together and they're all like, yes, we are going to believe. We're going to believe this. Yeah. And it's not, it's sort of not the same for film because it's like, for, for film, it's like, it has to be realistic. You know, like if you're going to build a time machine, it has to look like a time machine. But like on, the, yeah. on stage, you're like, this is what it is. Okay, great. Yeah, you just believe it. You're going to go with it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know. 
I guess I I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it does. Um, also, uh, you mentioned like you write a lot of like um, I mean, I, what was so you said like populist? What what does that mean? Like, because you said sci-fi, you said some horror yeah. and some other thing. You know, I I I did struggle a little bit in the beginning when I was younger about like uh, what kind of plays I wanted to write mm-hmm. and. Um, there's a lot of pressure if you're Asian American playwright that you need to write about your struggle mm-hmm. and you need to write about your parents' struggle and you need to write about your, yeah, or like your, your people's, people's yeah. struggle. <laughs> and um, and I kind of was like not into that. And I, and I've been, sometimes I wonder why. And that's like, I think because I grew up, I mean, I grew up in the Bay Area and uh, and there were a lot of Asian kids in my high school and the like popular kids were Asian. And so I, I didn't have that like feeling mm. of like, you know, the experience that some people, like, I was the only Asian kid in my school. And, you know, yeah. I kind of like, like thinking like, about maybe questioning identity all the time or yeah. something and like I, that. And I did have some of those experiences, but they weren't as formative to me as like, I think to a lot of other people. And so that, that's not my experience. And so like, they tell you to like, write what you know. And what I knew growing up was, man, I was into like fantasy and I was into sword and sorcery. And I was in, I was mm-hmm. just like a big old nerd. Right. And, um, and I, and then, and I remember at one point I was like, okay, I'm going to write this play. I'm just going to write a nerd play because that's what I am. Like, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. who I am as a person. And it's not, Yes, I am Korean American, but I'm also like, yeah. This is what I want to see. Like, I want to write what I want to see, and I want to write what's in my head. And this is what's in my head. It's like I'm gonna create this like crazy steampunk world where like it's like a mashup of all these different things that I really like. And so, um, so yeah, I think that. But then that was sort of difficult for me. And like, how do you categorize it then? Right? Is it still an Asian American play if it's not? yeah the struggle you know like yeah probably not in my opinion it's just a, you know yeah i mean and i was with i i got it produced with um an asian american theater company and we did diverse casting where we had like a mix of yeah. um, you know different actors so it wasn't like asian play with like asian actors mm-hmm. but it's like in the play it deals with like sort of the identity issue because like the play has like sort of about like how much do you owe your creators that's sort of my first play was um called the clockwork professor and it was a steampunk Mm -hmm. adventure and so there were all these inventions and stuff and so one of the inventions was like a cloning machine and it was like if you're a clone like how much do you owe to the person who made you. Hmm. And that was sort of my like thinking about like, how much do I owe my parents for making me, right? But it's not like an Asian story specifically, but it's the yeah. like essence of it. But yeah. in a like more universal fantasy way. And so, yeah, I really like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. And so I think I've been thinking like about a lot of my, a lot of my plays are like that, where it's like, I'm taking my own experience as an Asian American artist and like putting it into like a fantastical situation 
so it's real issues that are like that I'm dealing with but it's not in a way that's like this is a Korean American issue you know like, yeah I think that's really no I think that's yeah. really important because um definitely just like in, in the beginning I felt like I read a lot of plays and I saw a lot of plays even films too where like there's an Asian American writer or director and they made it about like an Asian American identity piece yeah. and honestly I got a little bit tired of like reading those uh, seeing those all the time even if they're really well made honestly yeah. even if they're really well, well made they're important too you know because that's yeah. important but at the same time there are other like Asian American peoples are other things like yeah we can be creative we can yeah. have imaginations we can like think about space travel and yeah and I, yeah i would love to see that stuff that's really yeah. cool you know because you can still have things from your life experience weaved in there and you're yeah. obviously your experience is unique because of you know certain things but um no i i think uh are there a lot of other like um are there more and more like asian american playwrights these days like that you're noticing um and uh do you feel like there's more of that shift or a lot or you're still seeing a lot of like you know asian american very like you know, identity pieces or stuff like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely been more freedom mm-hmm. lately to like sort of like experiment with different genres. Um, but I think it also goes back to like, what are theaters producing? Because like, oh, yeah. if you're, you're going to go with like a big, like a big theater, like, and they have an Asian slot, you know, <laughs> like they're going to want the Asian struggle play. They, 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 they do it like that. I mean, like, do they actually I mean, like try to, I think that they're trying to be diverse in like how they yeah. like the shows that they're picking, but then hmm. it's like, I see what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? It's sort of, I mean, and I, and I appreciate their efforts. Um, theater's efforts in general to like try to be more diverse but then it's like what stories like are you trying to tell asian stories to white audiences or are you trying to tell asian stories to asian audiences or like who's your audience right and Mm -hmm. theater is like theater goers are like a lot of them are white and older and they want to learn about you know the struggle and so like good on them you know like i'm i'm all for that but that's just not what i do i think yeah 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 but i was thinking like, like what do i do how do i how do i market myself as, like, yeah what's that really main like asian american theater in la close to japan town there's like a big oh, there's east a west? East yeah east west yeah. yeah yeah that one dude for example like a theater like is that that must be pretty unique, right? Because that's like an Asian American, like mm-hmm. is it like an Asian American theater company entire? Like, yeah, is there something yeah. like that in like other places like Seattle or no? Yeah, there are um, there are a few, uh, but we're all on fringe level. I think mm-hmm. East West is probably like actually high. like yeah, yeah. Because I don't really, yeah. I don't know them super well, so I don't want to like speak for them. Yeah. But like, um, uh, in Seattle, we have uh, several Asian American groups theater okay. companies um there's portfolio productions which is um the company that i'm was a producer with and they were uh, they're an offshoot of the sketch sketch group mm. so like when we were writing sketches um we were corporate players and then um, they started when they were a, a theater 
production company arm and so that was Porto Productions. And so that's the company I worked with um, had a lot of like my growing experience. Um, and then there's uh, Sis Productions, which does uh, Asian female uh, theater company. Um, and they, uh, they had a long running serial show, which was really cool. It was like 20 episodes of a, of a play that mm-hmm. was like, uh, it was sort of like a sitcom, but it was like theater. <laughs> and- um, That's really cool. And, and they, they're, yeah, it was like a serial called Sex in Seattle. And it was about like four <laughs> Asian American women, you know, having adventures and like having problems like everybody else. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's that. And now they, um, now they just produce, uh, they produce plays that are standalone plays. And then uh, React Theater does, um, they're not specifically Asian American, but they do uh, plays, but non-traditional casting. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, I mean, I'm, they're part of the, those groups are part of the reason why I was able to like learn and like traverse the theater community. Cause I got my foot in the door there and like sort of mm-hmm. like spread out from there, but like, yeah. I mean, it's definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about like, kind of like the thing where it's like at, at, at these um, theater companies that are like Asian American. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like it should be enough if like just a playwright is like Asian American or the director. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's, it's a question. It sucks though, to make it all like, like about like the experience. Yeah. Well, and with Portfolio Productions, particularly, um, the reason we did three of my steampunk plays. Um, full productions and their um, mission is like is like fun diverse genre theater mm, that's cool and so they're really in the like we want to we want to highlight um, writers of color but we also want to like but we're also nerds and we want to like have our have a show that like is for us and so they're um, so they're the shows that they produce have been very like non non-traditional asian theater kind of thing mm, okay yeah yeah so yeah um uh, how do you stay like uh um inspired or uh with new ideas i guess mm-hmm. um and maybe that's what i was trying to also get at is like you know is it just from watching a lot of shows or do you kind of seek inspiration uh from other places as well yeah um um uh, I think I get inspired when like something's bothering me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I start thinking it's about, about clones. Like, yeah. About like who, how much do you owe your, like, isn't that like the Asian American struggle is like, how much do you owe your parents to be who they think you should be? Yeah. You know, like, or can you just be yourself? Like, or can those two things be the same or like, mm-hmm. like, so um, my most recent play, which was um, Sheath, uh, which was a like old west samurai revenge kind of thing. That kind of what came about because I was thinking about like how my dad won't buy a Japanese car <laughs> because, <laughs> That's funny. because and he won't buy a Japanese anything, right? Yeah, it's a background and, with Korea. Like... Yeah, and like I bought a I bought a Japanese car. I'll t- I bought a Corolla. Yeah. Because you know you live in the city and you want a little car, great Corolla, yeah. lasts forever. Um, 
and I felt terrible about it too. And I didn't want to tell him. Oh yeah. And I was like, <laughs> how much, like, how long do you have to hold on to that? Like, you know, the, I don't know. Like how, how much, how long do you have to hold on to that? Like feeling of like, I'm never going to forgive this body of people for what happened to the point where it's like, I can't buy a, you know, I can't buy yeah. a Japanese camera or a car, you know, like, and like, does that go over to the next generation? And so, so <laughs> that's what it's, and also I was into Kurosawa at the time too. So I was like, Samurai also. Yeah. Um, but like, so that's where I get my inspiration from. Is like, I start thinking about things that are like, oh, I wonder conflicting why we're doing things. this. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why sense. this is happening. I wonder, like, can we talk about this? But in a way that is like, I'm being sneaky about it because it's like, yeah. right. But it's also, well, yeah, I feel like a lot of times that's, you know, I can tell now like more and more from like the writers, whether it's TV shows or movies and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like you can kind of see sometimes like secret agendas, like yeah. they're sneaky. They're really sneaky with that. I see a lot of yeah. stuff with Shonda Rhimes and yeah, some of her shows. Right? There's like a lot of like things. I'm like, I know you worked that in there. Like, because yeah. you have your own like agenda of certain things, you know? But you're like, like enjoying yeah. the story and you're not in for the ride, right? And yeah. you don't even notice. And then it's like, oh, it's stuck. It's like, you know, exactly. It's in yeah. there, which is perfect because I feel like that's how you, that's how you want to like change minds and hearts, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Not so know. like calling it out so much. You're almost like inceptioning it. Yeah. Into someone. yeah. <laughs> but um, we, so we're almost out of time. I wanted to ask uh, just a couple of last questions. Um, sure, sure. You, you know, for you, you've been doing this for a long time. What do you think are some of the most important traits for someone that wants to go into um, uh, uh, just becoming like a playwright? Um, and actually getting well, work produced, like actually like, you know. Yeah, uh, I think being open-minded about like theater as a whole. I think a lot of my opportunities came because I said yes to other things. Um, and that was sort of easy for me because I had the like lighting design background and everybody always needs a lighting designer. <laughs> so it was like, oh sure, come and hang out with us, right? And then once they hang out with you, they're like, hey, I also write plays. Oh, great, you know, let's see your work kind of thing. Um, so like, if you're gonna write plays, like I feel like it's very handy to know how to make plays. Mm -hmm. however you do that so if you want to just be a usher or if you want to like volunteer backstage or if you want to like be a director or like it's just so theater like playwriting isn't just it's it's not just its own thing it's like part of part of a larger creature and so like yeah. you need to understand the whole creature if you're going to be successful at writing plays and you know be making connections in a way that is face-to-face um, -face is always great rather than just like cold calling somebody like they don't know you. they <laughs> yeah. get a million plays in their yeah. inbox right like why would they want to read your play and it's like hey look you know me I worked at I worked at your theater and yeah you know you know we talked um yeah. I think that's, that's good advice helpful. yeah and you know go to mfa if you want to <laughs> mm -hmm. that's all part of the connections you know like how are you going to make connections is um only going to help you yeah yeah makes sense cool um what uh you know obviously it's coronavirus and stuff right now and like yeah. you know so it's but um 
you know, do you have any things planned for like any upcoming productions or how do people at least stay in touch to, to, to follow you, to know like what you're doing if they're in the Seattle area, especially? Um, how do they like, you know? Right now I am the resident playwright at Matcha Theater Works, which oh, cool. is a, um, we do fearless female theater. And so you awesome. can look me up there because usually I'm doing a show there. I'm having a reading this month, later this month for the thing that's due. <laughs> on Sunday. Panic. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I'm having a reading later this month of a new show that I'm working on that hopefully we will produce next year. Okay. But we, I don't know. People are trying to be um, optimistic about things opening. And I think, I think we're going to be okay next year for sure. They're sort of mm-hmm. trying to plan for fall, but I think that might be a little, uh, We'll see. We'll see about that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, you can look me up with. Matcha yeah, I'm on the website. It's really cool. Um, Matra yeah. Theater Works. Um, so that's probably the best place where where someone can stay in touch or at least see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, okay. And, um, yeah, I'm. I you know during pandemic I was like oh, I have all these projects I should do I should make a website because. Yeah. I have all this time and somehow I don't have all this time and so. I might have a website someday. <laughs> so That's good. For that. um, I'm also, I have a page on the Dramatist Guild. I'm part of the Dramatist Guild of okay. America. And I have a page there. So you can look me up there too. Um, and also people can follow Matcha Theater Works on Instagram. So that's another good way. But um, no, I'm really looking forward to just like once theater opens up back again. You oh, know, yeah. I know it's been really hard. I feel, yeah. um, I think I feel them. I like for playwrights, it's sort of like, well, we'll just keep writing plays. But like for people who are production people, yeah. design people, actors, oh my gosh, yeah. I feel so like it's the worst. And everybody's yeah. trying to like be positive about it, but it's like, how how long can you be out of work? You know, like yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I did want to mention though. I I always forget this is that I have yeah. some plays. Um, available on Amazon. Oh, really? If you want to read my plays? Which uh, um, what? Yeah, that, actually, that was another good question. What is, uh, what's a good one to start with? Um, well, uh, the three plays that are on Amazon are my um, steampunk trilogy. Okay. Um, they take place in on. a alternate universe called New Providence, and um, and they're all very different. Um, the first one. Probably you could start with the first one, which is The Clockwork Professor, which is sort of traditional Victorian steampunk. Um, and then the second one is a um, is the Tumbleweed Zephyr, and it's an Old West steampunk train heist. And then the third one is um, A Hand of Talons, which is what I call steampunk noir, which I don't know if that's a real thing or not, but it's um, about a, um, a, a crime family. Okay. A steampunk crime family. Is this better to like read sequentially, or is it like very um, different? No, it doesn't. It actually doesn't matter because they're all like okay. they're all sort of in, they're related in that they take place in the same world, but there's no um, they're not sequels. Okay. So awesome. if you like crime stories, you could read the last one. If you like Old West Train Heist, read the middle That's one. Cool. Yeah, I just found one. Yeah, I'll take a look. You know, I'm really excited, especially now if we chat to, to take a look and, and read. Um, yeah. 
be nice to actually, you know, I'd love to see your work at some point, like produced, you know, it's a different experience, obviously. But, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, this is, this is awesome. So thanks for sharing that. Of course. Thank you. Um, all right. I think, I think that's it. I think we're at the end of the time. So um, any other last things? Otherwise, I think uh, I'm probably just going to pause it. But any other things you want to add? Trying to think of something that a younger person that would like to hear from mm -hmm. an artist is like, I don't know, you don't have to suffer. I guess maybe, maybe I just wanted to say that really quick. It's like, I, I feel like, I feel like there's this feeling like you don't have anything important to say unless it's like something painful. And I want to say that that's not true because I think that like sharing things that are joyful and fun and like creative are just as important for the Asian American ex experience as sharing things that are like painful and like hard to work through, you know, like, yeah. it's like, you want the whole picture for sure of, uh, of what you are as a, as an artist and as an Asian American person. And, um, yeah, I, that's something that I really believe in. I think that it's hard to explain sometimes to people because they're like, oh, you just want to have fun. And it's like, oh, it's about fun, but fun is also <laughs> powerful. You know, like if you're having fun and you're also like learning these things, like it's, I feel like it's just, it sits with you in a different way than um, being, you know, sitting down and being like, let me educate you about this thing. You know, it's like organic. So yeah. uh, I would encourage any playwrights and also any other like Asian American artists to also like embrace your funness because <laughs> that is love also that. valuable. Yeah, I love that. Thanks again for tuning into the show. If you have any questions or feedback, feel free to get in touch with me at Dominic which is spelled D-O-M-I-N-I-C at whyyouknowdoctor.com or just DM us on Instagram at W-Y-N-D podcast. That's W-Y-N-D podcast on Instagram. 